You do it live. You do it live. You do it live. You do it live. Please, won't you be my neighbor? Neighbor and friend. Hello, everybody. Welcome to You, Me, Them, everybody. Welcome to the Wonderland Ballroom. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This is a talk show where we talk about things. We talk about very important things. We talk about the people that have changed the world. We talk about Steve Jobs on this podcast. Steve Jobs did a lot of good stuff. He's a good guy, Pixar guy. That's how I like to remember him. He made Macs and Apples. He didn't make PCs. He's not going to get you a Dell. Anyways... Steve Jobs is a very important person in the world, probably the most important person that we'll ever know in, in terms of our lifetimes. And I like to think that I have a, a very, very, very small connection to Steve Jobs. I'm about two, two Kevin Bacons away from Steve Jobs, and I'll explain. About ten years ago, I used to throw these music festivals, and when I say music festivals, I'm using that term extremely loosely. They were called Music with Meaning. I was very idealistic. I listened to a lot of punk rock growing up. And all of these festivals took place in places like church basements. And, and why would you agree, say yes to church basements? It was the kind of music festival that had a lot of punk bands and a lot of garage bands and a lot of metal bands. And like they were so fucking punk rock that they would put pentagrams on their drum heads because they knew they were playing a, a Christian church. Because that meant so much. It totally took down the Catholic church. It was great. Because of that, priests started raping boys. But... <laughs> That's the power of music. I thought I wanted to be part of music. I thought I wanted to be like a music journalist or I was in bands and I was going to change the world. I decided not to change the world. And here's why. Uh, I didn't get to book bands I liked. I, I grew up just outside of Chicago. And this is before things like podcasts or iPods were around. So you were kind of stuck with the bands that lived near you. Uh, a lot of those bands were of the pop rock persuasion. Uh, I need this talk show to be a huge success so when I die, people won't write in the obituary, he used to book Fall Out Boy. Like, that's how important this talk show is. I like, here's why I like this talk show. Somebody went, oh, like it's the worst thing in the world. Dude. That's the musical equivalent of genocide, and I totally agree. Anyways. We'd book these bands that I didn't like because they brought a lot of people and all the money went to charity. By the way, if you're ever gonna, if you're like a 17-year-old kid listening to this show at home, don't do that. Work at McDonald's for like two weeks, and you will make way more money and actually be able to like make a positive change rather than throw shows of her bands. Fuck that, Man, bands suck. Don't do that. <laughs> Pat Walsh is here, ladies and gentlemen. He books bands and he doesn't suck, but he's still youngish. He's not. He doesn't play in bands. Anyways, back to Mr. Jobs. One of the bands I booked at one of the shows is, uh, was called Spittlefield. <laughs> Spittlefield got signed, uh, for the listener at home, I used air quotes, to Victory Records. Victory Records is probably not that well known in Washington, D.C., and that's a fantastic thing. <laughs> Let me explain why that's a fantastic thing. Victory Records was slash is... The Voice of the Streets, that's on their band. They have a band that says we're the Voice of the Streets. They, they sign all of these bands that have played like for around six months, and, the, and they're awful music. It's, it's the worst music. Um, could, you, could you play drums really quick for me? Could you play like the most shitty, aggressive hardcore, and I'll sing over it and I'll give you an example of a Victory Records right, band. Go ahead. That's of every Victory band's. Every single one of them. And there's this guy, Tony. Tony is the head of Victory Records, and he's very protective of his bands. And when I say protective, I mean he fucking rapes them financially. He's like the best at raping bands financially. And he didn't want to be part of the iTunes music catalog. He, he wanted nothing to do with Steve Jobs until Steve Jobs would work with him. So Tony Brummel emailed Steve Jobs... And I'm going to read you some of those emails to Steve Jobs. <laughs> I'll just read the first paragraph of the first email, and we'll go from there. Steve, I doubt this will reach you, but I figured I'd give it a shot. As a fellow entrepreneur, I, had, I find it quite strange how your, quote, music, end quote, people have treated my company. I am not like the guys at the major record labels. I am a self-made entrepreneur. My counterparts are are ultimately employees that do not have the flexibility or the ability to operate with real creativity in an industry that requires such. Because when I think of all the great music in the world, I always think of the record label heads. Those are always the guys that are actually making it happen. 
Anyways, here's Steve's response. Oh, oh, Victory Records wanted like the, uh, essentially all the money from iTunes, which no one gets because even the Beatles didn't get that, and they wanted to be featured on like the iTunes music page every day as the number one independent record label. Steve Jobs' response: So, what do you want me to do that we are unwilling agree, unwillingly to agree to? Tony, I want to work with people that respect and care about our brand beyond being sent a web link to fill out a quote apt. For Victory and iTunes to work together, it should be something special. Quote, the number one independent label joins forces with iTunes. End quote. It's a great headline slash story and business. More importantly, it's a great PR campaign if people are prepared to think outside the box and see the bigger picture here. It would be cutting edge, quote, anti-corporate, end quote, which fits the Apple image and revolutionary. Everyone would win. I'm always looking for new allies and partners where everyone can mutually win. Because when you run a record label, you should definitely think of it like it's World War II and there's the ally and Axis party. Tony. Or Steve. Sorry. Sorry, dead man. He was important. He listens to podcasts in heaven. Steve. I don't see us doing a major PR campaign around this. We have too much on our plate that's more important to our music efforts right now. But we can get your music on iTunes. What's holding that up? Tony, at least I know now that being the number one independent record label in the biggest music market in the world has no meaning to Apple. <laughs> I'm not going to read you the rest because it's all this self-aggrandizing, like I'm, I'm changing the face of the industry. But I will leave you with this PS, which I find fantastic. And I think it's, the, it's the possibly the greatest way to remember someone like Steve Jobs. As a human being, congratulations on beating cancer last year. Take care. So that's, that's the music scene I came from. <laughs> I came from a lot of people that were like the biggest pieces of shit in the world that thought they were very important, that never actually made or did anything with music. And because of that, I'm no longer working in the music industry. But we have two guests on tonight's show that definitely work in the music industry, and they're able to do something that's the exact opposite of Tony. <laughs> and kind of like uh, teach 17-year-old kids how to approach music. Uh, by the way, uh, Tony has a reputation for suing people over the dumbest things, and I really think that this could get a giant boost in listeners. <laughs> if you guys can get him to sue me, uh, <laughs> egomaniacal people that have vans that say we are the voice of the streets love to sue. I think it's not insane, but we do have a fantastic show tonight, and I want to thank each and every one of you for coming. We have Robin Hilton and Bob Boylan from All Songs Considered. Please put your hands together for Robin and Bob. We have stand-up comedy from Catherine Jessup. And we have music from Aaron Thompson. Nathan, Peter, take it away. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I'm butting in to let you know that I wrote a weekly column for this website called Brightest Young Things. The name of the column is called Behind the Desk, and it's pretty much whatever is applicable to this talk show or talk shows in general, things that I find fascinating. It goes up once a week at brightestyoungthings.com, and you can find every column at youmethemeverybody.com. So if you haven't been to the website in a while, that's an excuse to go. Once again, it's called Behind the Desk. It's a weekly column I write, and I'd really appreciate it if you uh, gave it a glance. Thanks for listening, and back to the show. I want to thank Peter for making me hate music again. Good job, Peter. What is that effect on your keyboard, sir? Use the microphone. Uh, That's uh, ensemble. (laughs) You're welcome. Peter's a producer of the show as well, and yeah. uh, every once in a while, like, Peter likes to pitch ideas to me because he sure. thinks the show is a, like a four out of ten. Well, no, it's like a seven. I oh, that's like nice. Seven. Yeah. That's nice. Okay. Just so far tonight. Um, but You're I, being yeah, very I, generous of all those rambunctious well. laughs I got before. It was, I couldn't I hear know. anything in this room. It was so I know. good. It was, it's, there's a real special feeling here tonight. Brandon, I have some ideas for the show. If you want to hear, I've written them down as notes, and I, I, if you like, I can just give you a couple of these notes. I have my pen and paper. I'm ready for your notes. Awesome. Sir. Okay, so um, you know, right now, um, what's really big right now is like prohibition. You guys know about this, right? Like prohibition, the era when you couldn't drink, right. and because of that, uh, organized yeah. crime thrived. Yeah, yeah no, it was, it was like a really 
It was like a really, it's like a really big deal right now. You got that Boardwalk Empire show. You got that Ken Burns thing. You got that Obama banning pot in California thing. It's just like really cool right now. It's like really. In. It's cool to hate yeah, drugs. It's okay. really bad. So I thought like maybe to capture that, you could celebrate it by having more jazz news on your show. Jazz news? Yeah, you know, like when 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 something used to happen, they would like have a song about it. You know? Okay, okay. Like Jackie Robinson, go go Jackie. He's a dusty one. Go black Jackie. Wait, wait, you know, wait, like wait, 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 wait. Don't play along. He was a dusty one, let's be honest. Well, yeah, that was the song. So He stole a lot of bases. Uh, right. That was in the 50s. Right, but that, that's, that's still cool is what I'm saying. Yeah. When, when wait, wait, wait. Segregation is still cool? No, Jesus, no, God. You just, okay, okay, continue. No, I meant the song oh, about this, the songs. Wait, about you're saying news. the song you just wrote was that cool? Was, well, that was, I didn't write that. That right. was a real song. Okay, <laughs> I can do a the, couple. No, name the artist. I can do a what couple. What label was that on? Was it on that, Victory? That was on OK. OK. <laughs> OK. OK. A Y. No, O K E H. O K E H. Yeah. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Thank Bob you. Boylan, shut Music the journalist. fuck up. You have your time <laughs> later. <laughs> oh so, my god, I got to say that in context. That's <laughs> never happened before. That's the best. <laughs> he likes a lot of world music. I'm not down with. We'll talk about that soon. So, um, okay, I'll just do a couple to practice if you want. Some jazz news. Um, you know, like, uh, hey, everybody, toodly do. Everybody's asking who would you rather screw, Amanda Knox or Casey Anthony? Casey Anthony. You'd want to fuck Casey Anthony. Oh, I, that wasn't supposed to be a question. No, no, that's a question and an answer. That Casey was just Anthony. A song. Kill, no, let's be honest. Why? Let's, look, why? let's go off track a little bit. <laughs> Casey Anthony, a good looking lady, keeps her figure. Regardless of the situation, she cares about her body. She cares about her health. That's awesome. I'm not the richest man in the world. I can't afford a child right now. Casey Anthony understands that. <laughs> She's willing to give an 18th term abortion. Why not? And here's the best thing about Casey Anthony. She won't tell you what's going on. She's like a, she's a Lady Dexter. <laughs> you got a song about Lady Dexter? Um... Brandon thinks that baby should die. No, 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 no. That the news is about today. That was sexist. Brandon's confused. (laughs) Why is that news? He should try and top himself and kill some baby Jews. It's Brandon. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, 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 wait. Race has nothing to do with this. This is all about economics. Kick. Oh, did I tell you I'm Republican now? Occupy Broadway, <laughs> occupy, it can happen here. That's it. That's the, that's the entirety of it. Well, that was just awful. Thank you. And uh, I appreciate you to never talk about jazz standards again. Okay. Coming to the stage, <laughs> two people that had no idea what was in store for them. They're the people behind All Songs Considered, and they make podcasting much, much better. And they make me listen to things that I don't know if I'd listen to, before, but I listen to them anyways because they seem like nice men. Please put your hands together, everybody, for Robin Hilton and Bob Boylan. <laughs> Are you guys really opening with microphone jokes? <laughs> I want to establish my uh, street cred real quickly, just right off, if I could. So here's how inside rock and roll I am. Saw Pete up here on the stage. I said, I know you from somewhere. We couldn't place it where it was. And then I remembered he was the singer in a band called the Iowa Writers Workshop in Baltimore 10 years ago. Holy shit. And I saw them play uh, a show. Was it good? Oh, heavens, no. (laughs) No. Not not good. Actually, they had one really good song, but I can't. That was so catchy. I can't remember. Was it like a jazz standard? No, no, it wasn't like that at all. It was. Uh, it had a cool little guitar riff to it. But he was a good. He's a good singer. Is he? He was, singer. He was a very. Good I would completely disagree from what we've heard this but evening. He's a good man. He uh, sang a little bit like uh, how you were singing when you were. Uh, oh, doing the, yeah. oh, did you do that, Peter? I apologize for making fun of your genre of music. It wasn't quite like that. But. Uh. You don't have to tell me your ages, you two, but you're not young kids. Is that correct? Bob is definitely not young. Bob and Robin are not. You haven't been young for a long time. How do you, why do you still listen to new music if you're not young? I don't get it. 
I'm why haven't we? Ha, why haven't we just died already? No, 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 no. Get out of the way. Not die. Interns pick everything. I, I don't so, listen to any music. So, we we literally we come in with our walkers. Uh, the interns help us ease into our chairs. They get us breakfast. They get us breakfast. Bring us coffee at ten and two, uh, and then they give us wait, a wait, list wait, of. You have a uh, coffee schedule? Well, I. Bought, is it for digestive I, reasons? I'm not allowed. Anymore. Yeah, it is. It's prune juice. And, uh, and then uh, at, at some appointed time, we get up, we're wheeled into the studio and given a list of songs that are 20-something in tune. You said you wouldn't say wheeled. We walk on our own accord <laughs> into the studio. Uh, you appear to be an old married couple. Is that true? <laughs> uh, there no, was, give uh, me <laughs> We've been accused of that uh, Do you get definitely a at work. pleasure from loving or being loved? Bob, uh, from you, I need your unconditional love. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, uh, like a sort of a. You bit haven't of hit a, the record button yet. I hope. There's a record button. <laughs> How old is NPR? Clunk. Clunk. You have three buttons. So the the real answer to your question, because for eight seconds we'll be serious, which is my generation, the boomer generation. Music was super, super important. And in my lifetime, I grew up seeing, like, the Beatles in 1964, the Beatles in 1967. Mm -hmm. Three years, what a huge change in yeah. music from something like I Want to Hold Your Hand to Sgt. Pepper. Yeah, they figured really out. Basic. So I always expect that in music, and I always want it, and so I'm always looking for it. It's just, it just Does it happen anymore? what it should be. It happens all the time. Name one band. We have... I, I'll say... I found magic in my favorite record of the year, which is the King Creosote John Hopkins record, okay. which is uh, just an absolute diamond mine. It's just an absolute, unbelievably beautiful record. And, yeah, I, I would also say the age thing. Um, there's so much that we do that you... Bob, I'm not insulting your age or anything like that, or saying that you're ancient, but you really do bring... You've got to have some historical context. I mean, you understand... <laughs> You, it helps to really, you know, he, he fills in so many areas that I, you know, things I didn't experience or mm -hmm. I don't know as well. And, you know, when we go in and do a guest DJ session with, I don't know, who's someone that we did? Nick Lowe. Nick Lowe. You know, and, and you dropper. can make a reference. You know, you're able to, to reach into the... Tom York. Yeah. And uh, it Tom helps put John. things in perspective. Wait, wait, wait. Did you guys, did you guys work with Tom York? Yeah. Where did you look? DJ. Which eye? I'm serious. Uh, well, <laughs> like, does he, he was have in a Degnus? Like, does somebody go like the right one? Does Does anyone do that? Two things. It's radio. He was He was overseas. Uh, okay, that's a phoner. Come on, man. That's satellite. A phoner, but, satellite. But, yeah. But when we did yak, um, <laughs> I looked. I looked at his bodyguard. No. Does he have a bodyguard? No. Just no. <laughs> so. All right. All right. Is D.C. the best place for you guys to be located? It doesn't seem to be, but the... <laughs> hey, wait, like wait, wait, let me, let me finish, let me finish. It seems like it should be New York, but I think you guys have a better perspective because you're not in New York. Would that's, you ever want to be in New York? We were just um, talking about yeah, that, that's right. actually. that was our dinner conversation. Were you there? Yes. <laughs> Where did you eat? Where did you eat? Local picks. It was that bad. You don't want to say where you ate. Uh, where we ate today? Uh, Nando Perry, Perry. Nando Perry Perry. I've never eaten there before. Uh, chicken right? place. What kind of? It's right by NPR. Okay. So yeah. So would New York be better for NPR or for NPR all music, all songs considered? It doesn't matter. Anymore. Doesn't matter. But that that said, you know, it's fun to get there. It's good to see shows. Nine Thirty Club, great place. Great. Right. I, I, they're great places to see. The important thing is you want to. Look, access to music anywhere. Yeah. You can be in your pajamas anywhere and, and get access to lots and lots of music. And we, 150, 250 CDs every week come yeah. in, right? So, but then seeing shows, you know, we have good clubs here. Really? I, I know what you're saying, though. I think what you're saying that there isn't a really vibrant local music scene well, with a lot of, uh, like there was, say, maybe in the 80s here, maybe. for example. But isn't that just romanticizing it? I'm not sure what you mean. Well, it, yeah, I think everybody romanticizes 80s DC hardcore and like dismisses everything else. And I think there's I'm, just I'm as many. Pre, I was in the arts music scene pre that scene, mm -hmm. and it was a great scene. 
No, I'm not dismissing that scene. It's I'm not- just saying that there are as many good scenes now. It's just impossible to document because we're never going to have that one or two breakout artists from that scene to bring everybody else up. Yeah, but we're, I mean, we're a national show, so... I know. Being... I know you're a national show. Local, we're a, I got this one, Bob. We're a national <laughs> show. And uh, we're kind of like everywhere, you know? So. All right. Well, speaking of being a national show... You were just at uh, All Tomorrow's Parties in New York. I was. That's the most recent All Songs episode. How do you figure out what you're going to see when it's a festival situation? What should the listener at home... <laughs> Robin, how would you, do you want to describe my good seeing a show? All right, here's in? Bob. He goes in, he, he comes in, he's listening to the first song, and he's looking on his schedule at the same time for what the next one is. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes, and he catches two songs, and then he's gone. So two he's songs, at the next, that's your limit. At, at the well, next it depends. If I, if I fall if in love good. with them, I'm going to hang. So you'll give any band two songs. Yeah, I try to see everything at every festival. Why? We went to see Sharon Van Etten play at South by Southwest <laughs> a couple years ago. I sat down within maybe five, six, seven minutes or so. Tears were coming down my face. It was the most beautiful thing. I look over at Bob, and he's going, <laughs> and then you know, a couple minutes later, then he was gone and on to the next show, and I'm sitting there sobbing through the whole thing because it was so beautiful. For me, the important thing when I go to a festival is not to like completely get engaged in a, an entire concert. Mm-hmm. For me, it's to like say, am I interested in this person? Is this person doing something that I want to spend more time with? And if I do, and I'll see that, you can judge that in 10 minutes at a concert whether this is interesting or not and if I do then I'll go when I get home spend more time with Sharon Van Etten it's all about discovery you want to discover as much as possible to me I'm in a place it's South By there's 14, 1800 bands yeah it's saying South By really saved those other two syllables so much (laughs) we just call it we call it South (laughs) I said S sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry so it's just uh, it's a matter of just like there are eight things happening at the same time. Go see as much as you can. So. Do you guys read press releases when you get records? Well, here, here's what we do. We get uh, mail bins. You actually said 150 know, a week. I think it's radio, like 400 it's a week. It's It's right? a mail crate. Right, we get yeah. mail crates. And we get, um, I don't know, it's eight, hundred, several hundred CDs a week. Easily. And then digital downloads now. Yeah. Right. What's the question? Do you read we the read press, press release? release? So the first thing our interns do is they <laughs> <laughs> after, after bringing the coffee, us the coffee, yeah, uh, is, is they uh, open up all the envelopes and put all the CDs in the mail bins facing one direction, and they take all of the press release and put it in the recycle bin, and all of the and all of the you know garbage in whatever garbage bin it has to be in. And we, Bob we, always asks that any CD that has the letter M in it be extracted. And put in a separate bin. Talk about it's my just, It's just sort of an exercise. I don't know if you're being sarcastic because I can't tell because he's wearing a hat. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, so we, we don't read any press releases at all. Yeah, Honestly, we, we have asked, we've even asked them to stop sending and, us and press like releases because it just goes in the recycle bin and it's just filling up. Blind, fairly blindfolded most of the time. I mean, not literally. Is it easier to be surprised at a live show or on a record? Yes. Okay, good. Robin, you're a musician. I'm going to say uh, record, Bob. Okay. Robin, you're a musician. Did you take the beer? I am. I am. So is Bob, actually. Well, you're both musicians. He, yeah, sort of. Is that good or bad? Nice, thank you, man. Is that good or you bad? You know, I used, to, I used to assume that anyone who did what we do for a living, I just assume everyone was a musician. Yeah. And when we started out, we had... It was just the two of us for years, for seven years, seven or eight years before NPR expanded NPR Music and brought on a whole team of people. And I started asking around, and I found out that we were really, the, you know, the, there are a few other people, but many There's of them have no experience playing music at all. And I, I, I assume that you needed to have something like that, but I've been proven wrong. It, it doesn't it, seem to matter at all. Talking to musicians and understanding what they're up to, and I'm not talking about, like, what key is your song in and how it, you know, uh, does you know goes into some other key? <laughs> that's, I, that's oh, really not key or something, or you know, like but, I, but just the creative process, understanding what it means to be an artist, understanding what it means to make something out of thin air, you know, to make magic, to make to to find some sweet spot that's going to connect with someone else. Has any I musician talked you out of liking them? 
Like you saw an amazing show and then you talk to him after the show and you're like, I cannot possibly say something nice Very about you. Very few. Uh, the, the nice truth is, is that uh, from almost everyone who I like the music that I've met, they're always amazing people. With the exception of... Come on, say it. <laughs> Please don't say Jack White. I won't, because he's a sweetheart. Good, thank God. Here's my theory. There's one, there's one mo- uh, most important person of every decade in American music, and Jack White had the last one. Before that, it was Kurt Cobain. So I, I, I don't want them to be dicks. Every, and I love the ICP collaboration, and I'm not joking in the least. Have you heard the ICP collaboration? Yeah, you have. You won't comment on it because you hate it. It's so good. You've heard it. <laughs> last real question before I say stupid things. More stupid things. If you were a 17-year-old, what would you want to hear from someone like yourself? You guys uh, are consistently excited about music, and I am having a hard time being excited about music, and I used to be so excited about it. And and I think seriously, I'm completely serious. I I, I very, very rarely put on a new record unless I've already seen the band. Come over. Let's hang out. We'll get tacos. I have a record record. Pajama party sometimes. Now I'm more excited. Well. I'm more excited about live music than ever before. The older I get, the more I'm excited about live music. But the older I get, the more I'd rather just listen to old like Neil Young or something. Or just, I'm completely serious. How does one maintain excitement for it, and how does one maintain a critical eye without like knowing the personal politics? Because you've had to have meet, met everyone, and I can't listen to certain artists that I used to love because I've met them, and, and they're just assholes. Wow, that hasn't been my experience you, at all. Yeah. I, Good. I, I the did. music you listen to is the wrong music. Okay. <laughs> I think um, I, I, my question did, would be, what does this say about you? I mean, not, not what's no, wrong No, 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 he's, com- he's completely right. I, there should definitely be a divorce, but when I meet someone that I think writes interesting lyrics and then I meet them in person, then they're just, they're just high. And that's all this is. Like, oh, they took the right amount of drugs and the right combination, and they de- delivered this one thing. Well, we but were just uh, talking about the Beatles, and we were talking about how uh, I, I said, you know, every now and then someone comes along who just sees things differently. And no one has any idea. How did they see things so di- Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Okay. I know how they – never mind. And then we tried to come Steve up with Jobs a <laughs> – <took LSD, laughs> yeah. Steve Jobs took LSD? Yeah. He's a nice guy, right? Bob, are you mad that I made fun of your hat? My hat? I, I only I said that because I'm jealous of both of I'm you because you maintain a good figure. <laughs> no, they're both thin men if you've ever not seen them. It, it, by the way, the first thing... Yeah, let's clap for that. Personal health. And I bring that up because I interviewed some very important Chicago journalists that are also on NPR. Yes. One looks well, like no, you and not, one does PRI. not. They're not NPR. The PRI. Public Radio International. Uh, we wanted to do a little fun experiment thing. We wanted to play a song like uh, you occasionally play on your show. But this is a song that I love. And Nathan, our very, very good drummer, hates. Peter, are we ready? Play it, sir. Yeah, we're going to talk over it. You're, I want to hear your opinions about this this fantastic, fantastic song. First of all, I love Billy Joel. Nathan, you're wrong. Robin likes Billy Joel. Absolutely cliche. I I wouldn't have gone past it. How is it cliche? It's called Glass Houses, and he smashed windows that were made of glass. That's perfect. How hard rock is, how punk is that? This is the best. This is about being a total degenerate alcoholic, and then he tried to kill himself six times. What is wrong with you? Do we have teams now? I think Bob's gone rogue. Billy Joel has the most talent! Billy he was in a metal band! Why do you like Billy Joel? Alright, you can cut it. You can cut it. We need to exercise. Bill, I, I love Billy Joel. Well, okay, first of all, so when I was teams. growing up, I had the Billy Joel songbook in Easy Piano. That's right, that's you what did. I played. That shit is good. It, it was great, I loved it. Bob knows I love Billy Joel. In fact, we were talking about doing a, a show about things. Uh, bands you should love, but I know you don't. And I was gonna. And when I was Fucking thinking of the a, artists that I, I w- when I was thinking of all the artists I'd picked that I thought Bob should love him, love these artists, but he doesn't. Billy Joel was one of them. <laughs> they, thank thought, you, you know, Pat I, Walsh. Thank I would pull, you. I would take anything from Nylon Curtain. You know, take like Scandinavian Skies or something from Nylon Curtain, and I think that stands up to any of the stuff that we put on our show now. For sure. It's really. I'm proud of it. It's Damn been right. really. 
good working with you. I've really. <laughs> Sometimes there are like things that part the ways. I'm going down with what I, be I believe in. Bob, do you like Tom Petty? Uh, no, I don't. You're not American. Uh, we got one more song. Well, the first Tom Petty record was a decent record, but it, you know, in before the face of anyone the music that was coming out then. I know you guys didn't hear this, and this is probably my favorite single of the year. Nice. Mm. Yo, Shaggy, what you know about Mozart? Not much. In fact, I don't know shit, Jay. I think it was Mozart. Deaf as in dope? Nah, man. Deaf as in he can't hear shit. Nah, man. That was beef bumping. See, what I know about Mozart is that he was a freak. Freak? What the fuck you talking about? Well, he had some underground shit people don't know nothing about. We've silenced the two critics. I'm just listening. Turn it up! Turn it up! It's gonna kick in! Drop that shit, Jack! All right, you can kill it. Bob just asked me how much longer we have. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Why do you... I like that. Why do you... Thank you. I like you, buddy. This guy I could do without. How, oh, it's the hat. You, you were biased from the beginning. <laughs> you know, honestly, I bet if I was a world music musician, you'd like me. I, I have to say I, I the actually joke. like you. I, you're a fun That's dude. A, the, this the, is good. The joke that we always make is, now we're going to play a 45-minute field recording of an African thumb piano. <laughs> and, Did you guys see but, this week's Parks and Rec? No. Oh, you need to see this week. Has anyone it's in the room seen show. this week's Parks and Rec? <laughs> I had to ask him what that was. Watch the first the first scene. They, they parody NPR, and it's quite funny. Anyway, I was going to say, I think the world music thing is kind of a bad rap. I think maybe you played a little more early on, like 10 years ago. Yeah. I, I don't think no. you really do much. Although I put an Indian oh, that's uh, true. musician Just singing Must Must, a great Pakistani song on the show this week. But you won't give some good old boys from Detroit a shot. <laughs> How is Detroit not third world? Shouldn't that count as world music? <laughs> We're going to end this. You guys are fantastic. I'm completely serious. Yeah, give it up for them. Yeah. NPR, NPR is, is unfairly judged as this, like, stuffy, yeah. Yeah. St stuffy, like, granola-fed organization. Oh, it's true, but these are the nicest people in the world. And here, here's I, why. I, if I you agree. don't think you like NPR, they had fucking Weird Al play at their studio, and that's cool. At the desk, right? Yeah, I know. I fucking love that one. And I love that he played an original that was like 20 years old. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go deep cuts with Weird Al at NPR. All right. So, Bob and Rob, I need you to pick a number. It, comes of sex question. it always comes down to that. Once again, this is from The Book of Questions, Love and Sex by Gregory Stock, PhD. It is an awful book, and feel free to lie. I need you to pick a number between 13 and 200. 42. 42. Why 42? I'm 42 years old. You look great. <laughs> well, you know, uh, thanks, man. I try, uh, you know, I try to eat right and exercise, get plenty of sleep. And, uh, All right. <laughs> Got to look good for radio. You get 46 because 42 is taken. Why are you playing? Okay. We're gonna answer I like these how these with two are hands. both radio professionals, yet they're doing visual gags that they just found on the floor. I'm ready. Okay, they're doing sock puppets, but they're putting the mic, obviously, to their mouth. Anyways, no, whenever we have a disagreement at work, Is somebody we bring the sock once? puppets out, and we say, you know what? It's puppet time. And we're gonna, we have to let the puppets sort not, out, you know, like, how can you not like album A? And How do you not like on? ICP? This is we, my... <laughs> we, we don't actually do the show, the sock puppets. We do, we've been known to, we've been known to bring... 46! What? 42. 42. 42. Yeah, 42 is taken. You get 46. Okay. What kinds of problems in a relationship are better smoothed over to maintain a friendly tone, and what kinds are better confronted openly no matter how threatening that prospect seems? Could you tell me what the question wow. is? Wow. <laughs> could, could, could you, you repeat, repeat the question, question, please? I mean, what could kinds of... repeat the question, please? Dude, the sock puppets don't have voices. What kind? They don't of have sex organs either. But Bob's very lonely. Well, 
See, that was a nice safe retort. I was not thinking that. What kinds... Because your dick is a condom. You get it? Sock? Cock sock. What kinds of problems in a relationship are better smoothed over to maintain a friendly tone? And what kinds are better confronted openly, no matter how threatening that prospect seems? That's a that's a difficult question. Uh, sure. Um, uh, you got to choose your battles. Uh, keep the peace. That's the question. Which battles would you choose? Uh, well, I here's, like, here's I like the it thing. When, when they have Brandon. their singer. You you have to. Uh, no, what? <laughs> Holy shit! Oh, I know. Oh my god. No. Did you see them at Pitchfork this year? Did you see Battles this year? I did. I saw them this weekend. Never better. I don't think they've ever been better. Goodbye, Bob. Robin, what do you think? (laughs) All right. Well, Bob is stomping off. I can't tell you how many times I've I've seen this in a studio. Uh, You've seen uh, a man walk away from a microphone to get more beer while having a sock puppet on his hand? While doing a show. I actually have, while recording a show. Uh, so you, the secret to a successful relationship is uh, you, you have to accept everything in that person, right? Yes. You can't just – because if there's something you don't like and you're just tolerating it, you're going to get to a point where you don't tolerate it anymore. So you have to find all those things that you don't like, and you know what? you got to let them all go. Great advice. Where can people find... I like how we're going to get listeners from this podcast to the All Songs Considered. We do love it. We have a love advice show, but we do it in funny voices with sock puppets. Is it a podcast? Yeah. Good. What's your funny voice? Is the lady from the crowd? Mr. Pickles. Have you guys Here's what you need to do. That is my Mr. Pickles voice, isn't it, Mike? My name is Mr. Pickles. Yes. Robin Hilton and Bob Boylan, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening to You, Me, Them, Everybody. It would be awfully kind of you to consider donating to keep this show alive. But we understand that money may be tight right now. So if you can't donate, please sign up on our mailing list. We promise it's not too annoying. Thanks for listening. And now back to the show. Coming to the stage, she's one of my favorite comedians in Washington, D.C., and she's, she's very, very good, and I'm giving her an intro that's extremely hard to follow, and I apologize in advance. Please put your hands together everybody, for Catherine Jessup, everybody. Catherine Jessup! Thank you. Hello. Thank you. I don't know how to follow that. I feel like I should do my act like faking a sock puppet. So I said. <laughs> to the listener at home, Bob Boylan, host of All Songs Considered, just threw a sock puppet at her stand-up comedian while she tries to live her dream on stage. Made even better by the fact that it is a, uh, shall we call it, a, something of a, a very female, female uh, argyle with huge googly eyes. My Woo! life's dream is complete. And my parents are proud right now. In this moment, my parents are proud. Hi. So I don't know about you, but... Um, so, uh, so I don't know about you, but I am... I'm not a fan of when people try to make me do their job. Like, I'm willing to help a brother out, but I don't like being tricked into, like, just unnecessary hopeling people. Hmm. Um... Like I was, I was like, you know, like there's internet and Diet Coke and beer. Like I can fill weeks at a time. Like we're good. <laughs> this is not gonna get old. Um, so I was stuck in traffic the other day, and I noticed all of the uh, all the board all the billboards were had been taken over, which was really disorienting because I didn't know like there were no strip club signs, so I didn't know where I was. Like, <laughs> not okay. Um, and I love, I love on strip club signs where they always say, uh, they have that line about how it serves the most discriminating clientele. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean like no redheads? Like, 
only fake tits. I don't want to see gravity. Like, it's not... It's sort of fucked up. Um, sorry, can, I'm not... Oh, whatever, I'm cursing. It's happening. Um, Cunt, go ahead. Oh, not okay. Talk to the hand. Um, we will have a chat. Um, all right, this is too, ex- too much excitement. Um, but so I, I, there I was, parked, uh, on the side of the highway, basically. And all of the signs have been taken over by local police. Yes, because they wanted us to sit there and look in stopped traffic for fugitives. <laughs> they wanted us to sit there and make eye contact with direct strangers when you couldn't go anywhere. Like, hey, have you seen Joel? Are you Joel? Are you... No, what about the guy next to you? Like, oh, so uncomfortable. Who wants to make eye contact with strangers? That's not okay. All right, you like to. That's cool. <laughs> the worst part, or the best part, I guess, was that the main guy that they were looking for, like the primo offender, was a rapist named Angel. <laughs> <laughs> not kidding. Um, and his mugshot was this amazing, like, hey, girl, sexy face, like, hola, mommy. <laughs> face. It's just phenomenal that Central Booking let that happen. Like, <laughs> wow, it's like it's a candid, I guess. And like after 25 minutes, like he was kind of starting to get a little cute. Um, <laughs> so I don't know about you, but I am good at poor choices. <laughs> and I knew I knew I'm not alone because I was walking through the teeter the other day, and I came upon. <laughs> you don't need groceries. All right, we all need. Where the puppet go? As the puppet would say, we all need groceries. Everybody eats. Um, but I was walking through the teeter the other day, and I came upon this end cap, and it was just all uh, individual size box wine. Like it's the Capri Sun of adulthood. Like this is just. All right, we're doing it. Um, I'm thirsty. So I uh, I had a birthday recently, which is kind of something. Yay! Woo! Um, and I've almost decided how old I'm going to be. I'm either going to be 21 or 47. Or 46, whatever. Either way is cool. Um, but I'm leaning towards 47. Just be like, you know, I am aging fantastically. You're right. Thank you. <laughs> Call me Benjamina Button. I'm just going to age in reverse. Keep getting hotter till I hit... You are adorable, too. Um... But so the thing I was most excited about was that it was finally time to get a new license. My last license was terrible. I looked like this angry 17-year-old kid just waiting for Michelle Pfeiffer to come and save her with words. <laughs> it was awful. It was so awful. And I would, I would go places, and I would like go to bars, and I'd get carded, and bouncers would just start humming Gangster's Paradise. <laughs> which, for those of you listening at home, I am very white. That's a fucked up thing to hear. Um, and the, the, the one before that was a phenomenal picture. Like, it was ama- like, I am not a photogenic person. Like, you'll look at me and be like, where did Lurch, like a picture of me, and it's like, where did Lurch come from? Like, how did this, ah. Like, no, pi- pictures don't tend to look like me. So it was a phenomenal picture. Like, I lucked out, and I would try and use it at places where I didn't need to use it at all. <laughs> like, I'd be like, at the grocery store, I'd be like, see, I'm old enough. I am, I am. See, look, it's a great, isn't it a good picture? I'm old enough. And they're like, yeah. You're trying to buy Kiwis. It's cool. Like, we'll let you have the Kiwis. You have $5. Take them. The eight-year-old can have them, too. It's theirs. We're good. Uh, So I went to the DMV, and I was all like, I I limbered up. I practiced my glamour shot poses and snaggletooth McLady beard. It's going to be looking a little stabby for the next three to eight years. Um, But I'm at a a tough age now uh, of 47 where it's... (laughs) It's really appropriate to be happy for other people a lot of the time. Anybody else having this happen? There's a lot of like, oh, you're getting a puppy. Yay. <laughs> oh, you're getting married. I'm so happy for you. Oh, you got a new face. Are you happy? <laughs> Blink if you're happy. Okay, I'm happy you're happy. Yay, faces. Um, all right, wrong crowd. Wrong crowd for new faces. Cool. <laughs> But I've noticed that uh, some of my friends now, when they get, like, they get all happy, like they get married, they start having kids, they get really grabby. Anybody else notice this? They get really grabby. And I've, I've started giving gifts based on like, how well I think it's going to last. Like I'm not convinced all of my friends are like forever, ever fancy coffee maker happy. 
<laughs> like, I think some of them may be like six months to a year Target gift card happy. <laughs> Don't blow it all at once. Oh, you're getting divorced. Are you happy? Blink if you're happy. Okay. <laughs> so you all remember... Um, when the economy kind of crapped the bed a couple years ago, like when things went south and we were all supposed to be like good responsible citizens and stay in and hang out with our friends and you know like not do fun stuff outside. I don't know, it was weird. Um, I had a problem with like staying in and firing up the iTunes and drinking box wine and sitting there with my friends because I like to go out to people watch and judge. Like, that's what I want to do. And the idea of hanging out with my friends and being like, oh my God, Stacy, Becky is not saving every day. She totally wore those shoes last week. Like, that's not going to get that shit done. You're welcome, economy. <laughs> I do what I can. Um, so I don't know about, I'll end on this. I don't know about you all, but I come from a big family. Like, I have people. You are sad orphans, and that's cool, too. But I come from a big family. And um, I have finally figured out my role in life, which is freeing. I am going to be that aunt. I'm going to be the aunt with a like strong opinion and a finger out and like lipstick on her teeth and like brown <laughs> liquor and ice after about 11.15 in the morning. Like I am fucking pumped. Like the future is bright for me. And I realized this when I was at a family re wedding recently and I found myself standing on the side of uh, the dance floor just having a conversation with a 12-year-old about... <laughs> whatever, about, about who was the better hero in Twilight. She was all team vampire. She was wrong. The whole, like, I will love you forever. Deny your essence. We will never be apart. We can't be together. Fuck, no, no. That's every bad boyfriend ever. Like, that's, we're not doing that shit. Learn something in middle school, please. Um, but I realized this when there I was having this conversation and the electric slides suddenly cut out and all anybody heard was, that guy, fuck that guy, no. <laughs> and I knew in that moment that my life was going to turn out okay. Thank you, that is my time. You all have been great. Catherine Jessup. Why are you guys with the sock puppets all night? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Catherine, how are you? I am fantastic. How are you? I have never seen you without glasses before. And when you walked in, I was like, oh, it's you! Yeah, you were disoriented. I'm so sorry. It's happens I have no regularly. Am I, I wear more in glasses right now. Take your glasses off. I don't. We can do this blind. Do you have contacts? I, no. Okay. For the purpose Fair of this enough. bit, no. I'm very blind right now. Uh, Why did you start doing stand-up? Uh, I got, kind of always wanted to, but didn't have the nerve. Or the time. I need a better answer than that. Uh, because I have dreams of world domination. No, that's a Dane <laughs> Cook answer. You could do better. Come on. No, oh, oh. For good. For good. What, name there one will thing be showering and less VD in my world domination. <laughs> that's good. That's a very good retort. You're welcome. Uh, why aren't there more female stand ups in Washington, D.C.? Answer for your gender. Go. Um, it's a very dismissive scene. Is it? It's a very dismissive scene. It's a very like, oh, ladies, that's cute. So you're a lady comic. Does your vagina make jokes? <laughs> it's like, well, you it doesn't help when you come on stage with a sock puppet. I, I work with my surroundings. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you got to roll with it, you know. That is disgusting. <laughs> in my head. What's your day job? Uh, I work in marketing research. How is that? Well, it's tough, you know, because, like, I've got a lot of the people in my family have really, like, responsible, respectable person jobs. Like, they're, like, working on a cure for cancer. And I ask people if they like the blue one. And that's, <laughs> that's, it's a tough, like, Thanksgiving is tough sometimes. So it's satisfying your career, oh, quote-unquote yeah. career. No, do I your mean, parents know you're doing this? Sure. Okay. Yeah, no, they, they kind of do. They haven't have ever they seen me. They, Don't ever let them. I know, they think that's, like, an adorable idea. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Well, lady comics are adorable. Hey, that's what so, I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Aww, I'm boobs. sorry. That's yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> you stepped over my punchline. I, was gonna no. say. I could say they say the same thing about me. That's why I wear a suit coat. To hide my tits. Pat Walsh likes that. Aww, hello, Pat Walsh. 
This is really hard to do without glasses. Well, put your glasses back on if it's bothering you. That's okay. Let's end this interview. I'm sorry. We have to move on. Fine. I see how it is. Yeah. We're going to have Aaron Thompson play. It's going to be fantastic. Rockin'. I wouldn't call it rockin'. If you haven't heard the music of Aaron Thompson. You know, it's, it's, that's more of like a, a word used to move conversation I don't like. I don't like that. I don't also don't like the term rock star. Do you ever use the term, you're a real rock star? <laughs> Not like that. That was creepy. <laughs> a real rock star means you do a lot of coke and then murder someone in your car like Vince Neil. I can't say I've met many people like that, but when I do, I will use it appropriately. Fair enough. I need you to pick a number between 13 and 200 so I can ask you a question from the book of questions, Love and Sex, by Gregory Stock, Ph.D. No pressure. 137. Why 137? Because that sounded like a good idea at the time. Fair enough. It's been taken. You get 141. Okay. What is your biggest fear about making a total commitment to someone? What does being totally committed mean to you? I'd like to point out that your boyfriend's in the room. Good luck. Well, in this cone of silence, um... I, I don't know. I think, what is, repeat the question, what is my biggest fear? What is your fear? biggest fear about making a total commitment to someone? What does being totally committed mean to you? Um, I don't know why I said it like that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Do you need to poo? Like, what's happening? Is that what everyone I'm in your life sounds like when they have sometimes. to poo? They sound like this! In my mind. I'm holding in rage and fecal matter. Yes. It makes life more interesting. Is that your biggest fear? <laughs> Holding in fecal matter for too long? That would be a big problem. Yeah, like literally. Big, oh, look what you did with words. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of your first stand-up album. There you go. Look Thank what you. you did with words. Where can people find you? I'm on Facebook. My name is Catherine Jessup. I'm on Twitter. My candle is uh, at title here. At title here. Catherine yeah. Jessup, everybody. Right. Aaron Thompson's going to play. You Need Them Everybody wants to thank you for listening and also for subscribing to us on iTunes. We can always use the extra support, though, so why don't you say something nice about us on iTunes? Go ahead. Give us a five-star rating. This type of thing helps us out a lot and doesn't cost you a dime. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the show. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for coming out. Without further ado, please put your hands together for Aaron Thompson, everybody. Aaron Thompson! It takes an easy heart.
love me like you did you did you did you did you did Did you fall out of your garden love? Were you new eyes painted gold? That hurt to win how from your mouth once screamed in everyone for coming out. This is our first time playing electric guitar on stage. Yeah, yay for noise. This is called a record of wheel. so unkind that you left Chicago and we started a riot the March City Hall the police blocked the streets but that didn't stop us You've been a record And you've been a wheel That endless summer well You were my steel You were my steel So I'll keep my eyes wide And I'll hang my head low That sun is gonna come to you 
but it's gonna come slow. And if you ever come back, God, I hope you let me know of all these faces. Thanks, everyone. This is called Vows. This was on the real world last night. That's pretty cool. That shows it's still around.
Thank you so much. Aaron Thompson, everybody. Aaron didn't suck. I am so happy that you're playing electric guitar now. Now I like you so much more. I like you more, too. There you go. Uh, we will not be here next week. Were you uh, the woman I love is running a half marathon in Baltimore. Yeah, damn right, boo slash yay. She's the best, so I'm going there. Because I wanted to go where people are sad, so we're going to Baltimore. But uh, if you're super ambitious, we'll be in New York International for CMJ. Because uh, all of you ride a megabus with me. It's going to be fantastic. But we will be back here the first Friday Peter, thank you so much for producing the show. You're the best. He's giving me the finger. Nathan is the drummer of this show. Nathan is also the reason why I got to go to a wedding last week. Kelsey and I, the, the fiancé and I, were running extremely late to a flight because it makes sense to book a flight in Baltimore when you live in D.C. Uh, and if it wasn't for Nathan, we would have been totally fucked. So I now have to buy Nathan like a shitload of Coke. So... I, I want to thank him publicly, so I only have to buy him a l- <laughs> but only buy him like a little bit of coke, like a like a bartender's amount of coke, and not like a musician's amount of coke. So he's he's fantastic. And the Wonderland Ballroom, please tip heavily. They they are so so great. We ready to close this out? Thank you so much, everybody. You're all fantastic, and have a wonderful night. Follow us on Twitter at YMTE. Friend us on Facebook at facebook.com slash youmethemeverybody. And for details on Monday and Tuesday nights at the Hungry Brain, go to youmethemeverybody.com.